welcome back to Behind the Timeline, everybody. I am your co-host, Lindsay, and your other co-host, Scott, is here tonight to talk about the Wheel of Time. The Wheel of Time. We're back. The Wheel of Time. Yeah. That should be the theme song. I don't care what anybody it's, says. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, I, I will say, last night when we put the show on, I was, like, getting all hyped and said my one regret is that while I love the music in this show, does not have a theme song to which I can mm-hmm. go dur, 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 I and like get stoked before we watch. <laughs> so I, that's literally what I was just thinking right now when you said that. I was like, there's no, I don't even really know what the theme song is. No, and I again, I'm, I'm right behind you because the music is phenomenal, but it just, I can't tell you. First of all, I skip the intro most of the time. So dark friend. Yep. Anyway, thanks for joining us tonight, guys, to talk about The Wheel of Time, Episode 7, The Dark Within the Ways. Make sure that you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts and follow us on social media um, at Go Behind the Timeline on Instagram and Behind Timeline on Twitter, where I am suddenly super active. It's true. <laughs> And you guys can send us feedback at go behind the timeline at Gmail, but do make sure you guys are subscribing and giving us a like. We appreciate it. And we're, we're stoked that you guys are here to talk about the wheel of time with us or to listen to us talk about it. Mm-hmm. In any case, Scott, <laughs> tell me um, what your overall feeling on this episode and why is it that it was the best episode and we should turn it up to 11. Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something that's probably going to upset you. Hit me. I was totally down for this episode right up until they went into the city. And then I was Mm -hmm. like, this seems like a really weird momentum shift, right? Because like them going, first of all, I love them actually having a full blown argument right out, right in front of the gate on the other side of the ways about what to do about Matt. And the fact that Egwene is immediately like, dude, shut up. He's the one that chose not to come with us. I think that says a lot about her character, but it also says a lot about Rand is definitely feeling responsible for Matt in like a big, big way. And I don't really get why. Because I think... it wasn't his fault he took the dagger. They're both, like, the same age. It's not like, you know, maybe because he was, like, able-bodied throughout their journey to the tower and then he couldn't do anything to help him. I don't know. I just, it just felt weird to me that Rand was so immediately making excuses for him. All right, there's a lot to unpack there. Yes. I I want to address all of it. <laughs> so. Okay. I I think, um, I mean, Rand and Matt spent a month on the road together, and I think that Rand kind of takes, like, we saw Rand and Perrin taking care of Matt in the two rivers. Like, mm. I think it's been established that that's a little bit their dynamic, right? Right, yeah. So I was fine with, with that aspect of it. I also think it, knowing Rand better as a book reader, right? Knowing him better at this point. So with the advantage of that. Um, it's super in character for Rand. And we see that in this episode where he's all like, 
He's like, no, I'll go alone then. I can't see my friends get hurt. I can't see anyone else in danger. I'll do, you know, that's very Rand. And I'm like, oh God, nice to see you. Here you are. That's that's see, the guy I know. And he I, does that in this episode. I think it's all part of building his character, but because, and allow me to be the first to say, Rand Althor is the dragon reborn. Dude, I fucking <laughs> called this shit. I know. I, I didn't actually. I've said like four different theories, but you I knew it wasn't Matt. From the beginning, I knew it could not be Matt. And once they gave Perrin his wolf eyes, I was like, can't be Perrin. Can't be. But here's the thing that like popped into my head the other night when we were talking about this. Um, when we were talking about the I haven't brought this up to you either. Why why would anyone think that Luce Theron what's his name? Luce Theron Telemon? Uh-huh. God, I'm so good. Uh, <laughs> why would anyone think that Luce there in Telemon's soul would reincarnate in a woman? Oh my God, there's so many. Qu- Hang on, I'm like, you just threw like seven thousand questions at me in the last minute. I am like, wait, I know. wait, wait. Where even were we before that? We were so, talking but, about Rand. Well, okay, and like, okay. The other thing I wanted, I'll get to, I'll get to your most recent question. The other thing I wanted to address from before too, is that, yes, I really like the dichotomy between Rand and Egwene's personalities here mm-hmm. of who, like, what should we do about Matt? And that like, just the way that they, the different way that they handle this, like these characters are super well drawn out. If you compare it to, for instance, the four hobbits in the Lord of the Rings, right. These yeah. guys have a lot more differences and like we could, we know a lot about them now at this point and we're learning about Rand and definitely like taking care of Matt, feeling ownership of Matt after he was sick and Rand got him to Tar Valen, right? Like no question. Rand yeah. was the one who made that happen. Um, So I can see him taking that responsibility. And then as for why anyone would think the dragon would be female, it's to... I mean, it's it's purely to create more of a mystery, right? If you just say it's the three boys, gotcha. we know that it's Rand. In the books, we fucking know that it's Rand. It's so nice to just be able to say this now. Oh, like it's, yeah. It's been hard to keep in. in I the kind of let that slip in the fifth episode after I started reading the book. But I don't whatever. think you did, really. I, I think I covered it up nicely, but I did make a comment about how the beginning of the book seems to purely be from Rand's perspective. Yeah, you did say that. Yeah, which is one of the dead giveaways when you're reading the book. Like, oh, the only person of whom I've had a point of view chapter. I wonder who could be the special kid. (laughs) There's also um, part of this whole thing is that in the books that the the dragon is meant to have been born on Dragon Mount, which is what we saw in that cold open that like, you know, changed my life. That was so... I'm going to be real honest with you. And I know we're kind of like jumping all over the place, which is totally... Sort of. On Rand. We're we're within Rand. There's a lot to talk about with him. We can start Um, with him. I'm happy to. This episode was about so much vindication for me. I need you to understand that as soon as I saw Tam's sword, I literally... If anybody here is a Brooklyn Nine-Nine fan and they remember the Balloon Arch episode, I literally stood up in my chair and was like, Vindication! I'm because just I happy you like the show. It. No, I am. I'm fucking, I'm so excited about it. But I was like, dude, I fucking called it that Tam is not his dad. I totally yeah, called that shit. You did. You did. And I love that we got the flashback. And I like the way they handled it. Like in the mm. books, that's like chapter three, right? That we see this fever dream happen with Rand. And we're like, oh, so, or with Tam rather. And we're like, oh, with so Tam, Rand yeah. wasn't born here. 
Like we know, and Moraine's like looking for the one who wasn't born here. It's like we know from like moment one. So yeah. I like the way that they held on to that and the reveal totally worked for me. Like I was, I was stoked about it, but the opening was, I mean, fucking hell. They're not kidding Dude. about the Aiel, huh? Oh yeah. That was insane to me. I'm going to be honest too. Like it took me probably like two or three minutes into that fight to realize she was pregnant. And it was only when she like stopped and hunched over and was like, eh. I was like, wait, something's like not right here. I mean, I've, I, I knew because well, I yeah, knew you're, was, you're gonna so it's know. hard to say. Yeah. I mean, I thought she looked pretty pregnant, but like, yeah, I did know. So it's hard to say. Well, yeah. Once she, she stood up and blocked both of those guys, I was like, oh, she's like full on pregnant. This is fucking batshit insane. She the, was so cool. The Dude, she was awesome. My only complaint about this entire scene is there's no context for this scene. I don't know why the Aiel are fighting these guys on the mountainside. I don't know why she's the only Aiel. Like, even among the bodies, she's the only Aiel there. Well, that's because not a lot of Aiel got killed in the Aiel War. <laughs> um, they, it, You're right, though. They have not mentioned the Aiel War, which is it's strange, and I think it, it's really weird that they haven't explained it more or just that it happened. Like in the books, they just drop it all the time. It's like Vietnam. It's like a thing that happened to people in our lifetime, right? Tam was in it. So mm. it's a thing that in the books just gets dropped all the time. Like, well, in the Aiel Wars, when this was happening and well, that hasn't happened since the Aiel War. And I don't know that they've mentioned it at all. So I you're right. It have. is weird, but it would have been a whole massive, like that was right at the end of the war. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Yeah, and, and the it war makes sense ended. Why he understood them or recognized the mountain. Um, I'll tell yes. you one more thing. I didn't need I, the one part I didn't need, and I was just reliving the scene in my head. I didn't need the scene of Tam cutting the umbilical cord. I yeah, just, that was graphic. I get it, dude. The baby was born. That's so. That was such an unnecessary scene. If I could have had like something really like graphic and real in this episode, it would have been sex between Nynaeve and Lan and not that umbilical cord. Yeah. So I feel you. And yeah. as for the mountain um, for Dragon Mount, yes, Rand feels like he's seen it before, not just because he was born there, but because Luz Theron created that mountain created when he died. Mountain, yeah. And he's Luz Theron reborn. Right. So it's all very like Dragon Mount's very tied up in like who Rand is as like a soul. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and then, so we know from, from like the reveal flashback that he really puts all of this together when he channels in the ways, right. And when he hears Dude. Mashin yeah. Chin. Mm -hmm. um, Which I want more of whatever the fuck that is. I thought it was a you person like it? and it, oh my God, it was so sick. First of all, getting to see Nynaeve go super Nynaeve again was, was such a treat. And I love every second of it. Yeah, I really my, liked that too. My only question though, not even a question, just like my only observation is Rand, so they don't know who, but they thought it was a Gween, had channeled. So now they're on the run. If Nightneve had not created this bubble of light, they probably would have died 
Am yeah. I correct in assuming that? So I'm not totally sure. And it's what made this a little underwhelming for me because it didn't feel like their lives were at risk from Mush and Shin. That felt like that. No, scene it was the just Hunger them Games. lying to them, which was cool. And I love that that's how they explained the whispers from the trailer for the episode about like yeah. uh you're gonna you're gonna watch them die and they'll live in your nightmares or whatever and stuff like that that was You'll fucking murder cool. these children and call yeah. it heroism i was like oh my god yeah i was like dude this is sick but that part right there literally what you just quoted made me think moraine was not going to channel to protect them I that's mean, the part that like yeah. blows my mind she didn't even do it until uh, Nynaeve had casted her her fucking protection thing. Maureen's and then she was told. like, oh, okay, we're okay. Well, she was like, because she had to channel to get them out, right? So yeah. she had to do one thing to open the gate. And Nynaeve's thing was protecting them while Maureen did that. And I feel like with Machin Shin in her ear, she was like unable to concentrate to do the weave mm. to get them out. I think that's what was happening. Um, I don't know. I... It's hard to say because it's it's different from the book, so I'm not totally certain. And I'm glad mm. for the ways that it's different. Machin Shin's really similar to the Shatter Logoth evil, the way that it operates. So, oh, okay. Yeah, it's like, if it touches you, you'll die. And I'm like, oh, he did that. You know, so I'm not, I'm totally happy with this. I thought this mm -hmm. looked cool. But yeah, I, I'm not totally sure. I like to think that you're right and that they could have been killed had Nynaeve not done that. But it just didn't seem like, I don't know, it just seemed like that same scene in the Hunger Games. I wasn't sure like how much their lives were at risk, except yeah. for that the ways are full of Trollocs, which, which I think I is was cool. one that of the more interesting sick. revelations of the episode. Yeah. And it like, it very clearly, I, so here's my other question. Here's, this is going to be, this episode is going to be me like a, asking a lot of questions about this episode. Please. I don't know if you noticed, but I don't have notes in here. Um, I did notice that. Okay, good. Because I really just kind of want to like ask questions based off of all this stuff. Um, does that mean that the Dark One and all of his like subordinates are leaving Trollocs amongst the ways? Yeah, this is how the Trollocs got to the two rivers. Right. So, so they're traveling this way. And Moraine said, wall up the Faldaran gate. Mm-hmm. So certainly that's going to help, right? Um, we don't yeah. know the extent of... I mean, we actually do. The map is on Amazon. Anything that Amazon puts on the map in the bonus, I don't consider spoilers. Like, they're giving it to us. Right. Um, so there are other cities along the borderlands. I don't know how much they're going to go into them. Like, ostensibly, there should be other ways for bad guys to get into the ways beyond closing up the Faldaran gate. Also, wasn't going to Faldara like a backup plan? They were trying to go directly to the eye of the world. Yeah, they were trying to go so... directly to the eye, which is why they needed Loyal, which I'm going to get to that in a minute too. <clears throat> Excuse yeah. Me too. yeah. Um, but, and then she's like, how much further is the Faldaran stone? And he's like, or the Faldaran gate. And he's like, it's a shorter distance, but, and then, it's just like right there. It's like right around yeah, the corner. Yeah, it was basically it's it was basically right there. I think that was a little bit budgetary in time. No, I get that. I'm not right. like I'm not like picking hairs or like splitting hairs on that shit. But I just it felt for how much this you know what it was. This felt like Shadar Logoth light. 
Yeah, a little bit. I I was underwhelmed by the ways. I was yeah. I was hoping for a little bit more out of the ways. I also wanted them. I wanted to be in there for longer and get yeah. more loyal. I thought we were going to get Taviran explained. Fuck, like we're just not. We're just not going to talk about that again. I'm we're genuinely gonna, not looking it, it up there. because at some point in my life in this show, it will be explained. Yeah, I'm and that's why it up. I refuse to explain it. Like I am. Like I'm like nope. Just. Oh, God damn it, though, Maureen. Like, there's somebody loyal. And also, we didn't get, like, the ways explained very well. Like, loyal has, like, one line where he's like, it used to be awesome in here. Now it sucks. And I'm like, yeah, he, tell me why. Can you say it more? It kind of just felt more like he was like, yeah, this was, like, a place of beauty and growth. And then now it's a place of hexagons you walk on. And it's like. like okay. Like, that. What is that fucking. What does that mean? Why is it like that? What is what? What is it? Machin Chin. Machin Chin. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck is that? I. It's like so that I barely can answer. Like that's like a complicated. But well, no, I, I mean, just can mean like in say general, what like... happened to the ways, and it's interesting because we talked about it in the primer because I really didn't feel like it was spoilery. Like it just sort of mm. is, right? And then now they're just not talking about it, and I'm like, yeah, we're already done with the ways. We're not even going back in there. I mean, well, I mean, like right now, now they have to go through uh, Maleficent's thorn bushes to get to. Yeah, uh, but I guess I'm going to leave this up to you. You tell me. Should, do you want me to explain that shit right now? No, not on the episode, because there are okay. if there are people who don't want to know it, then I want to keep that. I want to keep this as a safe space. I will. Yeah. I do expect you to tell me afterwards, but. Um, or I would ask that you tell me afterwards, but not, not on the episode. Cause I want to leave that kind of like secure. I'll put, I'll put a reminder in the chat. I, yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, because it, we didn't go into it in that much detail in the primer. Like we did stay pretty surface level on the mm. ways, but we talked about them as a concept because we talk about a couple of the sort of like how you might get around fast traveling. <laughs> yeah. Loyal basically says it's a jump between space and time. Which I, I, I totally get that. Like, it's a world out of time. It's basically like a world between worlds or whatever. It's um, it's it's like another dimension. Yeah. Um, And it's part of like. It's part of setting up like that the multiverse kind of does exist, like the like multiple dimensions and like different ways the pattern can be waved oh. and like stepping out of space and time. Like that's totally a thing you can do. So they're kind of they're like sort of setting up this concept. It's not a major part of the story, which is why I say it. It's that's just that's just background lore of the world. That's not like we're going to this isn't like going to turn into Spider-Man No Way Home. Like we're not multiverse hopping in this. But it yeah. is part of the like metaphysics of the world. That's kind of what's understood about the pattern, I guess is what it is. So that's what the ways are is kind of utilizing that aspect of the pattern that there is like alternate dimensions where it's sort of like going into the quantum realm. But yeah, move- that's kind of what it felt like. Like set of time. Yeah. It was like a world out of time or <clears throat> like a world out of in between time, basically. Yeah. It's a little shortcut through a different yeah. dimension. Um, but you know, there it was, I, it underwhelmed me, which is too bad because the ways are great, but you know, it wasn't, I still really liked this episode, but I found the ways a little bit underwhelming. Um, what did not underwhelm me was Pat and Fane and the whistling. And I finally heard it this time. I was so fucking excited. Did you see him in the ways? Not in the ways. (laughs) 
Yo, wait, he's in the way. You can literally see him. Shut the fuck up. Watches. No, three watches for me to notice it. Lightning strikes. Like right when they leave, when they hear the whistling and they're like, let's fucking go. The lightning strikes and along the path, you just see him fucking standing there. Dude. And then you see him leave the way gate later. Yeah, And then he like walks out of the way gate and I'm like, oh, this guy is so fucking sick. I know. So like so much to unpack there, right? Because you have to be able to channel. So but he also he's holding like a little thing when he comes out. It's a whole it's like. There's so much to unpack about like what is Pat and Fane doing? And he's just been in the background of this whole thing. And I love this show. Like how cool is it that he's just been popping up and nobody knows what he's here to do? Like, dude, that's what I'm saying. Like there is all of this dope ass buildup for him. And I'm going to be so upset if nothing comes of it. Oh, I think something's going to come of it. I just like, I know I, now we have the forsaken. We had the white cloaks who are apparently gone. Um, we had, well, they're not in the borderlands. I can tell you that (laughs) clearly. Um, now we have, you know, we had Pat and Fane, we had the Trollocs. We have all of these obstacles for them to overcome. But the, the thing, if you just watched the show, it's clear that Pat and Fane is after something or up to something, but it doesn't immediately come off as nefarious. You don't think so? Despite that. So the dagger part is the only thing that sticks out to me. Well, okay. The dagger. So, okay. Times we've seen Pat and Fane. Let's just like, I'll just like say factual things from the show. Yeah. Right. Times we've seen Pat and Fane. Being kind of a scoundrel with Matt. Right. Totally fine. Casually watching while the Trollocs attacked and then like backing away out of the two rivers such that everyone thinks that he died. Sketch. Dude, that was cool. Actually, I did that didn't really strike me at first, and then I was like, "Oh, it does make sense that they would think he's dead." Yeah, because he just quietly fades into the background. So he shows up, and then the Trollocs show up, and then he quietly disappears unharmed. And then the next time we see him, he's like enticing Matt to take the dagger. And then the next time that we see him after that, he is menacingly following them around Tarvalon. And then in the ways followed by Trollocs and then sneaking menacingly into the next city that they're in. I'd say everything that he's done feels nefarious. Yeah, I think. I think when you put it that way, it does. As a casual observer, other than the deck. No, I know. and, And as a casual observer, if you were just to watch it. First of all, I don't think a casual observer would notice this. Well, that's what I love, right? I think they would just be like, oh, did you, why did she get woken up by the whistling or whatever? And then the, like, it would show the scene of him stepping out of the way gate and then be like, who the hell is that? Yeah, possibly. I I mean, and then it's there for you to go back to or look it up, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's there for people to notice. I mean, I didn't notice the whistling in Shatter Logoth at first. Yeah, I'm going to have to rewatch uh, I'm going to have to rewatch a lot of this. All of it. Also, do well, look yeah. back for him. I'll see if I can find like a clip of it. Yeah, give me a time stamp, a screenshot. Cause yeah, because him in the ways, I was like, oh my God. It, it, a third watch for me to see that. So that was very cool about the ways. I liked the way that Machin Shin operated. I liked Nynaeve's super Nynaeve moment. Yeah. Overall, I feel like they underwhelmed me. 
but I might have just had my hopes really high up. I don't know. Because when I really think about it, like I liked most of the individual elements. Yeah. I really liked that like the kids like are staying behind arguing and Maureen and Lynn walk away and like they have a conversation that we don't see on screen in which they bet three silver marks on not, whether Nynaeve's going to be scowling or pouting when she comes back. Yeah. <laughs> I I thought that was funny. I love this. I, I love that they are in a more like cheery vibe now. Like, Nynaeve was very much, like, a negative Nancy for the first, like... And she still very much was. She caused a lot of fucking problems this episode. Just by opening her mouth. She did. Like, I get it. And yet again, and I don't have your notes in front of me right now. I have to move back to the page. But (laughs) we, we come to this portion of the episode where I feel like we're reaching this, or we're arriving at something like this every episode now. Since episode five, when everybody first got to the the tower, um, get fucked, Egwene. You're not as important as you think you are. Yeah, sorry, sweetheart. You're going to have to find another way to be special. Dude, yeah. <laughs> oh, I just scrolled down and saw that. That's fucking hilarious. Dude, it's so, she's so funny. She's like, it. I, I love the way they're drawing all the characters. Like, they're, mm-hmm. it's, they're really nailing them. Like, we're... I love that it's like their personalities that are coming out because yeah, it's so funny. She totally thinks it's her. She scoffs when Rand thinks it's going to be Matt and like just her. She, she really wants it to be her. She's down to be special. And she thinks she really feels like she is the most important, most special, most capable between her and Rand. I think that that's interesting as it comes to, as it's going to come to a head, right? I think their, their differing worldviews have been really clear and his, his desire to protect her. Like he immediately, when they come out of the ways, like she like touches his shoulder and he cringes away. Like he's right away. He's crying, which yay. Yay, men crying on the show and normalizing that. <laughs> such a good yeah. thing. But he's just immediately trying to alienate and abandon everybody in order to protect them. And it's just, it's yeah. very rand. And, and she wants to be the best one that there is. And he's going to come to Tarmelon and be her warder. I spat I laughing. love, okay, first of all, I loved that. But at the same time, I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Come on. So, so much like hubris, right? And yeah, I get why. For real. But... I don't. See, here's the thing. I I do because she to to her, Egwene is the only one that Moraine spent any time with and showed how to channel and stuff like that. And now she's like, oh my God, I could be this fucking channeler. And she has been in the wrong place at the right time. Every yeah. time she <laughs> thought she's the one that lit the fire. I'm still willing to bet the parents, the one that lit the fire. No, no, she lit the fire. Okay, fine. I'll she give lit her the fire. fire. Well, that's right. Cause she saw, she saw her cast the fire weave. That's right. And um, don't forget, I'm going to let you go on this, but don't forget that, that Maureen said she's as powerful as Loghain. Like I want to shit on a for a minute, but let's no, not, let's not forget. She actually is super powerful. She did light the fire, but go on. No. And I, I I have to give credit where credit is due. Like, yeah, she is, she is very clearly like not just some like tag along. She's going to meet something like she's going to like, and I said it like two or three episodes ago, 
she's going to have her own story and her own power. And um, the um, her name's escaping me right now, but the bartender who can see the future basically said, um, I see her with an amber ring. And I was like, where's Lindsay? I don't know what the fuck that means. We're going to get to that. We're going to talk about okay. men. Yeah, hold on. Men, that's her name. Okay, cool. Oh, cool, 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 cool. my God. Well, yeah, we're going to come to men. Um, um, but, but then she's yeah. like, she thought it was her that channeled in the ways and it was really rand. That's, that was funny. When she yeah. like she the fact that she doesn't know enough about channeling at this point, like, yeah, she has the potential to be super, yeah. super powerful, right? But like she doesn't know shit. She doesn't know enough to even know that she didn't do that. She can't even yeah. tell whether she she's touching no the source. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And Rand she the just best part is it was her. <laughs> well, that's the part that I love about Rand is his is all completely accidental. And I think that's like this really hidden, like, dude, he is, he is hella strong. He broke down the door just out of pure frustration and anger. He instinctively protected a and channeled without even like meaning to. And I think, I think the first part when we first see it in the episode, not when they like replay it in the, in the flashback or whatever, but the instinct of just showing like white light flashing in the Trolloc being thrown back was a good way to mask who it was because we know that if we saw it corrupted by the black, it would have just, we would have been immediately been like, Oh, that was Rand. Rand did that. Yeah. And if you look super closely, you can see the start of the black coming in of the Sidene. And then when they do it in the revelation shot, it's the shot goes on for all over it. longer yeah. and you see it all come out. Yeah. And it's, it's awesome. And like, yes, Rand is, and Maureen said this before, um, that the dragon would be the most powerful channeler ever born. And mm. that is correct. Rand is the most powerful channeler that will be in. Like he is the most he is the most powerful one. Full stop. This what age, Maureen yeah. said is correct. No, full stop. Like, period. Rand oh, is well, the most yeah, powerful. up to this point, like in time. Like Well, remember, is... time is a wheel, so ever. Like in oh, like okay, top ceiling ever, right. yeah. Not like that. Ha- like that's alive right now, or like no. Rand is the Dragon Reborn is the most powerful channeler. Full stop. So mm. yeah, look out for Rand to do some crazy fucking shit next week, probably because you're right. He's doing all this untrained, and relevant time to point out the fact that, like, going back to your question before, if if the dragon was female. Um, how lovely would that be? Because she could be trained. However, women can't teach men how to use Sidene. The analogy in the books of a fish can't teach a bird how to fly and vice versa. Mm. And so pertinent to, to recognize that there is no tower for Rand to go to, to learn how to channel. Um, and Rand will inevitably go insane. That's the deal. So... Now what? So, okay. I feel like I need to re-examine this questioning or like re-examine this portion, this portion of it, because it does, it does keep coming back to me. And I know you've tried to explain it a couple of times, but I just have to ask again, whether Rand is the dragon or not is irrelevant. He is still going to go insane. Like that is a done deal. That's going to happen. Yes. All men who channel, Sidene go insane full stop okay. since the since the breaking um because again what yeah it's it's super 
So they they drilled a hole into the Dark One's prison by accident, right? Mm-hmm. They being all the Aes Sedai, the men and the women. Yeah. And they were like, fuck. All the evil's out. Everything's a nightmare. The Forsaken start to exist. War starts to exist. Like, evil starts to happen, right? And so then the Aes Sedai, men and women, are like, yo, we got to fix this. At this point, nothing's tainted. Nobody goes insane. Right. And they say, we need to figure out a plan to fix this shit. And the men say, we're going to go put a Band-Aid on it. And the women say, that sounds ridiculous. We're not going to help. And the men go alone. By going alone and trying to do it, they succeed that in, in resealing the Dark One. But as a result of that seal, of that Band-Aid... There's a kickback on them from the dark one and it taints the male side of the source forever on everyone who uses it, whether they were there or not in the future and in perpetuity as the wheel turns that it will be tainted forever. And there's no avoiding that. And the female side didn't get tainted because they weren't there. Right. No. And I got, I got that part. I, I don't know. I want to, I feel like I want to jump to the end in a way and be like, could the dragon be powerful enough to undo that? Because I don't know the way that I've kind of like got it in my head as a, as far as I've understood it, the dark one is not a person. It is a, it is an entity of like time and space, right? It's like a necessary part of the fabric of reality. It's like, right. like that there is a good and a creator and a light that there is also like, therefore there is a bad. Um, it's like an unavoidable, like, but it is also like a dude who talks to people. He just doesn't like, he's not, a, he doesn't have physical form. Um, and he's not, you know, a giant eye in the sky like Sauron. Right. But there mm-hmm. are, he does give orders. He does have a plan. He is like sentient. Right. But he's also like a metaphysical force. Right. So all I mean when I say that is that like, I wouldn't expect him to like appear in the flesh. Right. 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 Like he's not stab him in the face or whatever. It's yeah, exactly. It's to differentiate him from like Sauron who you could stab Sauron in the face and like, arguably it could work. It depends on the state of the ring. Right. I don't know. It depends on where you are in the timeline, but arguably okay. hold on. You hold on. No, 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 no. We're not going down this road right yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> end that. Stop that. All right. The point is it's to differentiate him from like yeah. a Voldemort say or something, okay. right? Like you could stab Voldemort in the face, right? Not this bad guy. That's not how this works. Um, but yeah, so all men go insane and there's nothing they can do about it. I mean, they broke the whole world. Like all the Aes Sedai of the Age of Legends tried. So like, no, I don't see why they would be able to do that. Like that, yeah. the, the whole world was destroyed. Right. So no, there's no avoiding that for Rand. Like Rand will go okay. insane. That's what's being set up for us. Um, so, unless something comes out of nowhere that we don't know about everything well, yeah. that we know right now is that Rand will go insane. And it's my understanding that up to this point, he doesn't know that, right? He just knows that channeling sickness exists. But does he know that eventually if he can channel, he'll go insane? Yeah. And something that I think they could have done a better job with this season is explaining how much everyone knows that and how freaked out they are by it. I think part of the reason they downplay it is because they wanted this mystery and they wanted it to yeah. maybe be Nynaeve or Egwene. But, but no, they all know that. And it's like, 
they know what the red aja will do they know that they'll go crazy that like they know all of that and it's it's like not good men who can channel are like really feared so i'm glad you bring this up we need to discuss and by we i mean you need to explain to me (laughs) (laughs) why the fuck did moraine send for the reds yeah, dude, that was uh that was and pretty. And why did she send him after Matt? That just blows so, my mind. Is she just trying to like cover up loose ends or does she think he's still tainted by Shadar Logoth? I think this is a little bit more of my favorite theme so far, which is the I said I don't know shit. <laughs> and yeah. uh, like I think if we think about this from Maureen's perspective, genuinely at the point at which she does that, she does not know who the dragon is. Oh, and fair. she says to to Lan, if it is Matt, I wouldn't take him to the eye of the world. I wouldn't take him within a thousand leagues of the world. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, absolutely not. So from Moraine's perspective, if he is the dragon, if there's a chance that he's the dragon, he's no longer under her control. He's not coming to the eye of the world. The best thing that could happen is for him to be gentled, which is totally insane. Yeah. To, to yeah, think it that it's okay to gentle your prophesied, like, potential hero who, without whom you are fucked. That's insane. The <laughs> dragon being gentled is, like, the worst possible outcome for the world, right? That's like, now so, your chances are shot. It's over. That raises a question, then. It Let's say it was Matt, right? Like, and the reds roll up on him. Would they be able to gentle him? I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, oh, like, if he was actually the dragon... No, like, if he is Matt as he is now, whether he's as powerful as he's supposed to be, you know, like, he is the dragon, but he's he's untrained. He's just Matt in front of the Waygate. I mean, Would so, they be able to gentle him? I mean, uh, probably. It's, uh, you ask deep questions. There's certain rules around gentling where, like, there's a, a, there's a certain point at which um, because, okay, we see when the sisters link to gentle Loghain, right? Yeah. Thank you, Rafe Judkins. Thank you for showing me the shit that I need in order to explain this when these questions come. Like, this is why the adaptation is so good. Like, they actually oh, yeah. wrote this into it. So they link when they do that, right? There's a certain point. It's like at 13 sisters, even Rand could be, like, out of luck. It, because when you link, you're you're raising your power exponentially. So this is the way the power system works in the Wheel of Time. We're like, I just said, like, Rand's the most powerful channel or full stop. Sure. Yeah. But if you put 13 of the most powerful Aes Sedai together and they have Angrial, which are, we'll, we'll talk about them. Like, we saw Ter Angrial with the Oath Rod and the Magic Doors yeah. last time. Angrial just amplify your power. Oh, okay. So if you have 13 full sisters with Angrial... Rand's fucked unless he also has a circle with, and then that's a whole other complicated conversation about how men work in circles. It's it, they'll get to all of this in like three years. Like it's, but some of the more complicated bits of the magic system. Um, yeah, for sure. Matt could get gentled. No question. It's just kind of okay. the circumstances. It's very D and D. It really depends on the exact numbers on the dice. So, yeah, that's why I was asking because, he, he, I don't know if like the prophecy or like this power protects him from other people or if it's just like, 
Oh no! Everyone's no, no, carrying no, around a no. bucket of power, and Matt just has the biggest bucket. But if enough people are there, they could still knock it over. Well, remember, Matt's not the dragon, so his or, no, I know. But in this example, right? I'm just saying, like Matt, you, like that. Okay. I mean, yeah, in this example, or like if it's Rand right now, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, he could absolutely get fucked. There's no saying that human intervention can't fuck up a prophecy. It's like Moraine said, they're 3000 years old. Like they don't really know. They're just trying to do their best to like, not have like the very fabric of time destroyed. Right. Like they, they have the, I said, I have no fucking clue. We see that from Moraine. She isn't what, what is their plan right now? Are you shitting me? Swan's like the dark one came to me in my dreams. You should really go to the eye of the world. I'm like, it's a trap. (laughs) Why would you do that? Pretty fucking stupid. That sounds absurd, especially because we've seen um, the dark one in the kids' dreams, right? Like, right. Well, and that's the other thing. Like, why in the fuck? Why Why wasn't Moraine like, or not, or don't? What do you mean, someone? Yeah. Like, why the fuck would we do that? Why would I bring an untrained person there? Like, it just the more that this happens, the more that this goes on, the more that you and I like talk about it, the more I'm like, wow, they really are fucking stupid. It's the most ridiculous plan, and it's not even like someone untrained because. I understand being like, it's the dragon. He can handle it. Like in all likelihood, he he can like, there's probably he'll be fine. But also like, it's really just, we're not realizing like Maureen was there when they all had the crazy dreams with like the bats. Right. And why is she not like Swan? Wait, hang on. What? Cause we're also having like a dream situation. Like, yeah. Are we being fucked with? Cause I'm like, you guys are being fucked with. Right. Like, why would you go to the eye of the world? The plan seems so flimsy and Maureen's so sure of herself and it's like it's genuinely hilarious and I just love the way they're they're, it's just really well written right it's like these guys are not perfect heroes none of them not any of them especially not not Rand but I will say like and I I said this on Twitter yesterday like this Rand with like actively weeping with like bloodshot eyes bags and like looking like he might die soon like that's the Rand I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, so glad to see him here. Well, and I feel like, first of all, we know that we're not going to see Matt again. Well, yeah. Wait, let's go back to this to the red. Why the red Aja? Are, yeah, or that the red Aja? Sorry, we got back on the Rand because it's so exciting. Go ahead, though. Yes. No, I just like, and I just read your notes, and I fully agree. The dagger has to still be in Tarvalon, Tarvalon, Tar, Tarvalon. It's, it has to still be there. They can't. Yeah. There's no way they still have it. No, I know. Th- I I definitely think that. Well, I think they said that. I think they were like, he's probably. That's going what I'm back, saying. Like right? they, they're like he now has the potential risk to find the dagger again. But here's the other question that was raised when I realized that why is Patton Fane still following them then? Well. Right. And whether Pat and Fane is like wants the dagger or just wanted Matt to have the dagger is totally unclear. Right? I feel we like he wanted he to was... have Matt to have the dagger to spread the black. Or I'm sure it has a name, but I just like calling it the black because it looked like the venom. Go with that. I'm not even going to but... complicate it with shit they're not giving us any yeah, further. That, than well, that's what I mean. Right? Like it, they would have given it to us if they had a name already, but. Right. But that, see, I don't know. It like, and that's the thing that, like, from a story standpoint, is really good and really frustrating. Moraine very, very much picks and chooses the things she explains to them. 
Yeah. She could have, ex- she could have explained the what what happened to Matt with the dagger and shit, but instead she could have she could have told us the name of the whatever the power is in, in Shadar Logoth, but no, instead she totally explains Machin and Shin. At least she was why. like, I'll give Maureen like I'll I don't know why I'm defending her, but I will in that uh at least she was unconscious in Shadow Logoth, so she didn't have much of a chance mm. to explain a lot at that point. But you're right, like later she could have she's just she bullshitted the kids about when they all got into town. She kept them apart until it worked for her. And then she brought everybody together and threw them into like the most dangerous place they could possibly go. Dude, for real. And she's the worst know, chaperone ever. Yeah. They'd be dead without Lan. Oh, totally, totally. And like I Excuse I me, think, I'm sorry. They'd be dead without King Lan. Yes, yes. Daishine. Um, God damn it, that was so fucking awesome. Yo. Taishar Malkir. Taishar Malkir. <laughs> so happy. Like, I loved that shit. Dude, yeah, so okay, so let's talk about these guys. Like they're perfect. Lan is perfect. They still are. They the Malkiri were perfect. Nynaeve or Lan's sneak attack on Nynaeve when she's like not so subtly stalking him through the city. Oh, and he I know. Shows up what the hell was that? Okay, that's the only thing. That's the only problem I had. There's been up to this point, and this I think is a pacing issue that I'm noticing with the show. There are times, and honestly, it's just my knowledge of like other things or like me not trusting things because you've got me look listening for whistling and looking for Pat and Fane behind shit. I didn't believe I didn't believe that that was a Gween when she walked up to Rand when he was practicing shooting for like two minutes. You I, keep for, thinking like, people are going to be in uh, disguise and, shit. and where yeah. the fuck is Tom? I just like, yeah. dude, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't. The pacing is weird at times. Like they were all just arguing, and Rand accused. Parent of being in love with a queen, and then he's like, "Get fucked, dude! I've only ever loved my wife." And then Rand's like, "Oh, this guy could like straight up break my neck." That was so scary. Like, yeah. Oh, the characters are being done so well because that's totally Perrin, right? The gentle giant, but also like, don't fuck with Perrin. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I know I was really harsh on Perrin in the first like episode or two, but I am, I am fully team Perrin now, especially the way he looked in Min's vision. Yeah, and like. Oh, yes. And that we just still keep, and like he could see. Did you notice this? That when he they could were see in the, the ways, stone. he could yeah. see the stone when no one else could. Yeah, that was really cool. And, and it was really to, smart for them to point that out, too. Rand was like, How did you see that? I thought that doing was really cool. Very, very good job of just sort of pointing at the things that we need without holding our hands too much or like babying the audience. But yeah, but yeah I really liked it. Uh, like, okay, Perrin was terrifying there, but also Rand. When, like, before Perrin got scary, when Rand was like, what did you just say? Oh, yeah. Excuse me? Yeah. Like, they both were pissed right then, huh? How yep. did you feel as a non-reader about this dynamic of, like, and, and Perrin heard this from Mush and Chin, right? It's like, you loved another woman, you wanted to get rid of your wife. How, what are your thoughts on this whole thing with Perrin and Egwene? Uh, no, not for a second. That's some brother sister relationship right there. That's not, I don't think there's any romantic feelings there at all. Even and though, I, like, I mean, there are though, right? Like they're telling us that there are, cause that's what Perrin heard in his own head. I don't, I don't think so. Machin Shin sounds like it was like lying and it's all about 
being a deceiver because that's what Moraine warns them about. It's like, don't listen to the whispers. I don't, I think that would really ruin the experiences they had if this turned into a love triangle. Even if it's not a real love triangle and he's like, the only woman I've ever loved is my wife and we stick to that. But then they kind of keep looming this like, hey, is Perrin a new Egwene thing over our heads every now and then? I think, I I feel like that would take too much out of it. I think we need to just focus on Rand and Egwene, just focus on Perrin doing Perrin things, and then Matt becoming Remy LeBeau when he becomes Remy LeBeau. <laughs> I like, I, I'm, I was really interested in your take because the fandom's on fire about this. Like, no one likes this. And I don't, I'm not I saying I either. hate it. No, I, just I don't like, either. I don't like it either. It's, it's, it's weird. And I've said a few times that there are, there's like parallels in Egwene and Perrin's story. And I won't elaborate beyond that, but that they have parallels in their stories that I really like. And if whatever this is resulted in me getting more time with them together in any capacity, I would be okay with it of just more of their they, I needed more of them, and I will talk about it more on Dark Friend Social. But mm. if th- that's what this leads to, dope. If not, I, I did not like this. But I did like that altercation. That scene was really good. Everybody yeah. was so great. And I also like, like Rand's nightmare with Mashin Shin was so real of like, you love Egwene more than she loves you. I was like, correct. That is yeah. accurate, sir. Super accurate. And here's the, okay. So he, the episode had two moments for me that were like, bro, you're not as, uh, even Costco doesn't sell enough sugar cubes to help that high horse you're on. Like one was Egwene getting kind of like this realization of like, dude, you're not the, you're not the dragon. She didn't get the realization, but we all know it now. And she's still acting. She scoffs at Matt being the dragon. She has this weirdly unearned arrogance about her. Yeah. But my other moment in this episode was Nynaeve. Yeah. Oh, my God. Dude, her presuming to speak for the whole group caused way more problems. Yeah. No, no, no. I love her. I loved her in land. But I'm talking about problems that were or like weirdly like. Things didn't go the way you expected them to. It was a Gween yeah. and the Nynaeve show this time. Yeah, yeah. No, was, I think you're right. They. It, she just seems to think like, and I don't know, and I don't think because I know enough about Nynaeve to know she's not like, I know better than everyone. But that whole her speaking for them thing just kind of rubbed me the wrong way where she's like, we're not even going to give these other kids the opportunity to talk. And then yeah. Gween is full on like, Shut the fuck up, dude. Like, you're supposed to be the wisdom. Start acting like it. Yeah, and what's funny is it's like she is acting like the wisdom in speaking for everyone, but her choice doesn't reflect what, like, Big Wayne's expectations are for that. Because she's like, you have to be there to rescue everybody, right? Whereas really what's going on is Egwene wants to go on an adventure. Egwene wants to be special. And you're right. She does have an unearned arrogance about her. And what I love most about like your reflections on this of like, cause I know you said you, when you texted me last night, you're like, I have a complaint. And I'm like, this oh. isn't a complaint. <laughs> this is who Nynaeve is as a human. Like, yeah. and so that's what I really love is like, yeah, these are actually, it, it, 
it speaks to how well written the show is because these are the complaints about these characters. So when people talk about who their favorites are and Egwene's a very controversial one, like me really liking Egwene is like, that's a hot <laughs> button. Like yeah. a lot of people fucking hate her. And that this is why, right? They're like, she's so arrogant. It's totally unearned. She just, and I love it. Cause I think Egwene is like this hilarious, like millennial who's just like manifesting her <laughs> shit. Like that's, I, I love her for that, that she's like, she just walks into shit and is like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to be the best. Fuck you. And like, she usually is, but, but she's not the dragon. (laughs) She's not. And that's, I think I cannot wait for the realization to come correct. Honestly, I feel like it's going to be the scene where they met Swan Sanche and it turns out that Swan was talking to Nynaeve and Egwene is just like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah, I feel like it's going to be that tenfold when she finds out that Rand's the dragon. I think so, too. And I think that, like, you would think that that last moment of episode seven would be her realizing that Rand's the dragon. But it's fully not. That is a moment of her thinking that Rand went to, like, be brave and, like, sacrifice himself for her because that's who Rand is. And yes, but he's also the dragon, Egwene. And, like, of course Rand's first move is, like, because you really see him... I mean, he's in tears like this whole episode, but he's really listening to Egwene in that altercation moment when she's like, if one of us is the dragon, it is worth it to go to the eye of the world. Like she already is like willing to sacrifice herself to save everyone. Like she's just so here for it. And you really see him take that on board, but you can see on rewatch, like the gears working in his head where he's like, well, I'm the dragon. So I'm going to have to not allow all of you to put yourselves at risk. Right die there apparently everyone else is going to die which apparently is because i was like why is more rain going without land like that's fucking stupid yeah but rosamund pike in the behind the scenes again this is like stuff that's there in like the inside the episode right yeah that comes after um or in the specials or whatever but in the inside the episode rosamund pike is like so she masks her bond with land so that Cause she knows that anyone who goes out there and is like with Rand and the dark one is going to end up dead. Like they were saying about the kids. So she expects herself to die according to Rosamund Pike. Ooh, I did not even think of that shit. No, me either. And that that's why she didn't bring land because I'm like flipping out about it. I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. Why would you go without land? But I guess this is why. Cause she thinks, I mean, but again, okay. She has no fucking idea what's going on, though. We know well, that's this. the thing. She's going in this completely half-cocked. She has no fucking plan other than go to the eye of the world, and then things will solve themselves because Rand is uh, the MacGuffin. Yeah, put yeah, exactly. Bring bring the dragon to the Dark One, and yeah. we will kill the Dark One before the last battle has to start. That's the plan. And I'm like, sure. How does she know that Rand isn't going to be get there and be like, hey, I left my friends behind so I could keep them protected. Oh, my God. This guy says that he won't attack my friends if I join him. Oh, bet. I'm going to join him. And then she's like, "Ah, uh, what the fuck just happened? That does sound in character for Rand. Yeah. Like, how does she not know? <laughs> and, she, and then she's like, I know all of you now. I'm like, no, you don't. You don't know no, any of them. She you haven't passed even out. been with them. You know Nynaeve. And that's fucking it. And Nynaeve, I want to say, is, I keep kind of like circling back to her, but God damn it, if I ever didn't want a scene to cut away for how awesome Nynaeve is. Like, oh, I know. She just 
Nynaeve just walks into Lan's room and just is like, do you want to have sex, basically? Just do you, yeah. she says, do you want me to leave? She just walks in without knocking while he's naked and says, do you want me to leave? Bro, like, okay. come on. I know I texted this to you, and I don't care, but because I'm doing this for the episode, Lan, and I say this with, with absolutely 100% love for my girlfriend, Lan is a fucking monster. He is a mountain of a man. Lan can get it. Bro, I honestly was like, he might be my new Ryan Reynolds. Can we talk about the the fucking female gaze for a minute and how much I love it in this show? Dude. Like it, he, first of all, I love the, the whole thing about like, it, it does a really good job of like showing he's still a badass while we're supposed to be having this like really like low key sexy time thing where, Oh, land doesn't have a shirt on dude. He's got fucking scars everywhere. I know. And I was looking at them in this episode because, because of course the last time we saw his scars, I could also see his ass. So I was paying. Oh more yeah, the tub in the first now. episode. That's right. Yeah. Damn, I know, right? Like, please give me more, <laughs> more female gaze at Lan. Um, but yeah, I noticed them more this episode, and they really, I feel like those are going to have a story eventually, and I genuinely don't know what they might be. Um, oh, I hope they do. That'd be awesome. It looks like a whipping, doesn't it? Yeah. It, well, so there's two, the two that's or struck, like parent. Yeah. <gasps> Ooh. What if it was white cloaks? Dude, that'd be pretty fucking lit. Because they've been healed though. That's what's wild. I feel like it, they have to have been from before he was before with Moraine. he met Moraine. Yeah. Because I wonder if it's like him escaping from. Uh, I can't remember the name. No, of when he was brought out of Malkir, he was a baby. Is what he said in this episode. Oh, but, yeah, 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 yeah. But Lan, I mean, the thing is the Borderlands have Trolloc raids and shit regularly. And Lan, like, lived in the Borderlands and, like, fought okay. for the Borderlands. Like, and yeah. has been in the Blight. And, like, so it, you know, that it could be anything. But yeah, I feel oh. like it looked like whipping or, like, what the White Cloaks did, though. So that's the thing. If you look close enough, only one of them looks like whipping. And it's the one on his right shoulder. The one on his left shoulder and back and over his back is way too long to be a whip. And it's rat it's jagged and like it starts thicker and then gets thinner, like a cut. It's probably a trollic blade then. Yeah. I and I feel like that's gonna be the story of when he finds Moraine or something. Is like he protect he was he was in a fight with uh, Trollocs or something, and he was poisoned, and then Moraine was the Aes Sedai that healed him. That would be or awesome. Something. I, don't, I think that would be sick as fuck. Yeah, and there are Aes Sedai in the Borderlands quite a lot, and we saw uh, Amalisa, I believe was her name. Um, the failed one? Yeah, which I really liked that detail, uh, yeah. that the she accepted, the I think, is what it will be. Yeah, the accepted. Because that's what it is in the books. We've talked about that, that the accepted get a ring, and then it's like different in the books. There's no gem. It's like what hand you wear it on. But I was thinking Uh-oh. that they would get the ring without the gem in it. And then when you get to be Aes Sedai and you choose your Aja, then you pick the, then you get your gem. So that seems to track now. Yeah. Because her ring was empty. Yeah. Yeah. Which is cool. Um, but to wrap on nine, even land and just, and all, and also just like land. Yeah. King fucking land. Like the, it was so awesome. I, 
I love their relationship that they're kind of the adults in the room. That always yeah. makes me happy. Like that they have this very adult sort of courtship and like he introduces her to his parents basically before they fuck. And like yep. they, they will definitely have to be the adults in the room next week. They are like more. Uh, well, they are now. Yeah. That right. Maureen's gone. But Nynaeve is only five years older than the kids. Right. But she is the, the village wisdom. So she yeah. is like a, in a position of power and she really sees herself that way. And their conversation was just like so tragic in it. So they've been setting up all season long with this water bond stuff and how important it is and all yeah. of this that it's like, so now what? Right. And Rest they say, step in. I know. And, but now what for them, if he's bonded to Moraine, what does that look like? And like, we know that we know how important that is. And, and yeah. he says, no wisdom never weds. And I'm like, Oh, can you guys get out of your own way? make it work i know you guys are just like oh this is a good thing what if i turned left real quick and ruin that shit killing me i'm like oh guys you can make but then he tells her to stay and that was yeah. really nice and they're not just like i i oh i loved it and i'm so glad that we got that now because i really like the conflict that they've been setting up between them that she's been asking about this of like but you're with moraine motherfuck like now what yeah like no wonder nynaeve doesn't like moraine right she's like super jealous <laughs> of that yeah i didn't like really fully put that together but yeah totally and i remember you asking me when we were doing episode one through three you asked me if I thought that they, <clears throat> if Lan and Moraine had slept together. I still don't think so. But I think that given what people know about the warders and the Aes Sedai, I think that's a pretty common, like, known rumor kind of thing. It's definitely the stereotype of the green. Stereotype. Aja. That's the word I was looking for. For the greens specifically, yes. And then uh... I think in the general population, like for Nynaeve looking at Moraine, I mean, there's an ignorance there, right? Like she sees Alana doing it. She sees the other yeah. dudes doing it. She doesn't know. She knows how close they are. They share a tent. They share a room at the wine True. spring in. Like, yeah. like Nynaeve doesn't know. So it's an open-ended question for her. For us, we know that they're not. Right. And not all I said I do. I mean, most don't. It really is the greens, like, which is hilarious. Like, go green, the battle Badalaja who fuck. <laughs> it's, I mean, that's what they're known for. It's the truth. I mean, so <clears throat> while we're we're kind of closing up shop on this subject here, um, I do have a question about something that continually came up throughout this episode, and then we finally saw it at the end. What is the blight? Is it like... Yeah. <laughs> corruption is it like poison because yeah. it looks like it's just growing yeah and they talk about how it's encroaching on faldara yeah and lan talks about how malkir was taken by the blight um so the blight comes from i'm gonna keep this as surface level as possible because i don't know what awesome. the fuck they're gonna do next week or how they're gonna change it but the blight comes from the physical place where the Dark One's prison is accessible by. The Dark One's prison isn't on this plane of existence. Again, the the multidimensional thing, right? right? It's like a regular thing that's at play. Um, but the place where the pattern is the thinnest where you can access it is where the, where the boar was. Where the boar was. Yes, exactly. 
And uh, yeah, I know terms. Yeah, well, you did better than me there. Actually, I was kind of like that was not my most articulate. <laughs> so good job. So yeah, where the boar was. <laughs> But it's it's confusing though, you know, like a lot of people well, yeah. think like it's really a place. Like the dark one is in like a house you can go into that's on the Oh no, yeah, that's world, so right? that's what I thought it was. I thought it was like a crater in the ground and then like uh um the bad guy from Shang-Chi. I thought it was like right. that, where it was like a crater in the ground and then a big fucking doorway. Yeah, no, it's sort of it's it's a it's in a different dimension, but it's accessible in our world from this one place. And it's from there right. that the blight comes That's from. That's where the blight comes from. Yeah. Okay. And the blight is like, we're going to, we're going to find out. I'm not even going to, I think we're going to find out. No, no, that's fine. I yeah. just, I didn't know if it was like a Shadar Logoth level thing where it's like another kind of evil or if it's just like, no, this is the dark thing. one. This is the dark okay. one's bullshit. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's that's, that's bullshit. <laughs> it is, dude. And there's all kinds of stuff in there, and it's a nightmare, and we're just going to see what they do, because I don't know how they're going to adapt it. And as I continue to say, the end of the eye of the world is a sloppy mess. And I love it, but it's a fucking mess. So yeah. let's see. I think that this is going, to, I don't know how, but I suspect that episode eight will have a lot of changes from the book. So suffice to say, yeah, it's the dark one's evil coming from where the boar is. Yeah. From where his prison is, I guess. Yeah. Which I guess. Here's what I'm not clear on in the show. Is that the eye of the world? Is that what they're saying? That's what they're making it sound like. That's why I didn't want to ask. Saying, in case right, it was like so a spoiler thing, but not, that's what it's I'm, sounding like. I'm really unclear about it. Um, and like I say, I'm like, actually, that works for me. That kind of like makes it already better. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that would be that's great. how I thought they were referring to it is like the center okay. point or whatever. And that's a change, and so that's why I'm kind of not sure about it. I'm like, uh, I think that they're saying that the boar is at the eye of the world. I think that's what we're saying. But that's a change, so I don't want to, like, mislead, Or, but I'm a little confused. So let's just see what happens next week. But you know who could help us look into that future and know? Min. Is my fucking girl, Min. Is the marvelous mad madam Min. <laughs> that's what I thought her name was at first when you said that. No, like, men with an no N. Way. I know, I know now, but I went back <laughs> and I was like, no way. That's fucking awesome. But also, so, I like that she has the whole bartender attitude where she's like, I have power. First of all, here's something that was like super refreshing to me about this type of person. She is totally not against helping them. She's right. not like, I'm not going to tell you. I'm I, I'm not going to tell you what I see. You're not welcome here. Or like, what are you going to do for me? She was just like, oh, yeah, here's the info. Yeah, because Min is awesome. She's yeah. totally here for it. And, I thought that and was I really like, cool. I like that she just has this power that nobody totally knows what it is. And Maureen says that. She's like, nobody knows, and I'm not telling anybody about you, and yeah. I don't know what the fuck this is. <laughs> nobody knows exactly what's going on. Like, it's not, she's, to be clear, she is not like an Aes Sedai. What Maureen is, she's not saying, oh, I'm not telling anyone that you secretly can channel. She has well, this she one ability. Yeah. Yeah, she can't channel. To be clear, men cannot channel. But she has this one ability to see these, these viewings around people, is what she calls them. And the yeah. way that they have done these in this show is just fucking perfect. Yeah, they look sick. And the whole thing about, like, there's darkness encroaching on them, but there's... Uh spots of light trying to protect or like mm -hmm. cover all them or whatever them i was linked. like dude fuck yeah yeah that all four of them are linked somehow and that that they're all very clear visions and that the clearer the vision the more important the person is to the pattern 
is what she says. So that's important oh. to keep in mind. Okay. I We've talked about, that, but... well, Swan said this last week, right? Uh, you wish you were some unimportant thread. Yeah. That, yeah, 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 yeah. Talking about people and, and how you as an individual are a thread in the power, thread in the pattern um, with differing levels of importance. So what Min is saying is all these guys are like, these are like, like, you know, weight bearing Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. And and so we talked a little bit about parents, right? We see like parents' wolf power, right? So and yeah. Maureen kind of knew that already. She was like, "All right, moving on." Um. Yeah. She was like, "Whatever. That's old news." Now, the one that I really liked is she sees either both or one of the girls. We don't know. She doesn't specify whether she's talking. Yeah, because they're sitting right next to them, or right next to each other. So she couldn't. We couldn't like figure out which one she's talking about. Yeah, Maureen is like end of the girls, and she said, "I see a white flame and a ring of gold." And I mean, I'm like Scott, speculate. I don't feel I don't feel good about making suggestions. I know what <laughs> I know what it means, but uh, I was super stoked about it, and I love that they leave it open as to which of the two or if both that they're talking about here. So I think the white flame is uh is uh Egwene and the ring of gold is gonna be uh Nynaeve joining the yellows. Interesting, okay. Because they've been talking about how the yellows would love to get their hands on Nynaeve and there's no gold Aja, but the closest to gold is yellow. So it makes sense that that would be the like thing that they're talking about. Or like the the connection that she's making and then with a queen i think the white fire is her because all she does is fire but it also could be like latent intense power see that's the problem though is they both i don't think the gold ring implies a queen for anything nothing to this point has had anything to do with that meaning anything for a queen it may to me just using like a logistical brain or a logical brain, that just that has Nynaeve written all over it because they keep making comments about how the yellow want her and she's a healer and protector and stuff like that. So that part just makes sense to me. But I also feel like the white flame could be this massive power inside Nynaeve, who, again, can use this power without being shown but only can appear to do so when she's pissed or scared. Damn straight. Is all I'll say to that about Nynaeve. Yeah. And as far as the the visions for them, um, the only thing that I'm going to say is that they have already given us all of the information necessary to put it together 100% without even thinking that hard about it. And I'm cool. like, I'm not going to tell you. I'm, or, well, at least I'm not going to tell you on the pod. But they actually, like, in the last two episodes, have given you everything that you need all to know the stuff you to mean. yeah like yeah. specifically like the show's great so anyway i'll move on but i'm not gonna say because i know the answer to what it is well, what i'm you. not totally sure about is the viewing of rand with the baby like i again i'm not gonna take a guess at any of min's viewings i want to hear what you think about them min's viewings and figuring out what they are is some of the coolest stuff in the books because they all turn out to be true nothing nothing that min says is not doesn't turn out to be real 
in one way or another. So the men's viewings are super fun. So is this another one of those certain point of view things? Are we are we Obi Wan Kenobiing this shit? Yo, there is all kinds of stuff. Like we'll get to one that's a little Obi Wan Kenobi. It's like so Min is like she's just doing her best. Like we see what the vision looks right. like, right? It's not like she's getting a script. So it's a little bit of a Melisandre, but without the motivation that Melisandre has to be right. Like I Min will just be like, what? You love her? I loved Melisandre, dude. I I, she was literally one of my favorite characters from that fucking show. Her POV chapter in the last book was like mind blowing, dude. Yeah. Anyway. I didn't read it, but I'm hoping it is. You did read it. We've discussed this. You actually oh, did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rise, I did. Rise That's, right. Fire. That's right. You just haven't read it like religiously. I yeah. read it a lot. I read I'm going to have to go much. back and do that shit. I forgot. It's fine. It's ex- George R. R. Martin finished that book. So, um, you heard it your life. It's, yeah, you heard the demand. It's, uh, I said so. So now you have to. Um, but yeah, Rand with the baby, I, I could take an educated guess. I won't, but I don't know the answer to this one. So I'm curious what you think. I, I mean, now that, especially knowing that, knowing that Rand is the dragon, right? I think it'd be not a big deal to be like, so Rand had a baby or someone, you know, like that doesn't seem like anything, but if he's the dragon, that's kind of different. Yeah. I, I think it's his. And I think, and I don't know how telling this is, but the fact that he still looks the way he looks now in the vision. Right. He's young. Yeah. He, he's young. I, I don't want to say, I think it's a Gween's child, but I think it's a Gween's child. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to say. Anything. I know you're not going to say it. I'm just putting it out there <laughs> for the universe. I know. <laughs> and here's the thing, guys. Like, honestly, I want you guys to tell me how close or how far off I actually am. Like, on social media and shit. Or, like, on Instagram and stuff. She'd be like, damn, dude, Scott's a fucking idiot. Like, how is he not picking up on this shit? Because Lindsay does yeah, that to me. Like, in my enjoying in, it. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> while, we're, while we're watching the fucking episodes and shit, I'm texting her, but she's also texting me back, like, dude, have you figured this out yet? And I'm like, no. And she's like, god damn it. <laughs> Like it just, I, I love a good, and I am so, I said it earlier to one of my, one of my uh, buddies who, uh, who was, we were just talking about something else at work. And then he was like, I just want to talk, or I would just want to talk about wheel of time with you. And I'm like, Oh my God, dude, I am like, I'm so obsessed with these books and this show now. And I am like, I'm fucking in this shit. I told Lindsay the other day, I want an ice that I ring. Like I'm looking for these things happy i can't even tell you because yeah it's my favorite because i love it dude it's just like i want a replica of the shadar uh, shadar logoth dagger i just like i want to know all of the things and at the same time like i i can only play the guessing game right now because i don't i have i just have the show I'm reading the books but I, like i put i put it on pause until the show's over and then i'll go back to the book because i want to fill in the gaps on some shit but I, I kind of don't want to finish the series before the show finishes the series. You know what I mean? Like, I, I kind of yeah. like this whole, I want to keep asking these questions and, fi- you know, like, figure this stuff out as, like, we're going along. I just, I feel like I learn and I get intrigued by more stuff. Like, dude, I flipped out. The second that I saw those boots hit the exit of the way gate, I was like, that's Padden Fane. 
I mean, I think that's so fun. Like, I think there's a lot to be said for that. Like yeah. reading them is great. The books are incredible. I highly recommend them. And now that this is an option, I mean, there's part of me that would really enjoy going into this blind and just being like hypothesizing about it every week, like, in a like in a WandaVision or a Westworld. Yeah, like, right. You know, and but I will also say, like, I fucking missed this experience with Game of Thrones. Like, I was the most, like, smug yeah. Ice and Fire book fan ever. Like, just, I already knew. Like, I just, <laughs> that's, I totally am that asshole. And, like, I actually really do enjoy this experience of being like, all right, well, moving on to the next thing. I mean, to be fair, that's how Matt and I were <laughs> in the Spider-Man primer. Like, we were like, no, Venom would never do that. Or, like, Spider-Man doesn't do that shit. Or whatever. Like, and that's how I, he, he if you guys didn't listen to the Spider-Man primer, um, and this episode is coming out the day before Lindsay and I go see No Way Home. Yeah, go listen to the Spider-Man primer before go, we yeah. go home. Um, but Matt and I have a bet. And it is just it's first of all, I feel so bad because I feel like he is gonna lose this. He is. Now Matt gonna is gonna to, have to watch Bring It On. I want him to watch, watch Bring It, it On, on. And, I know. Like, and watch party with me on Amazon Prime. Dude, I'll fucking do it. Like I'll that would just, be hilarious. Oh my god. That's what we should do. That's how we should enter the YouTube branch is just record us <laughs> watching that fucking movie and watch Matt suffer for this movie. Oh my God. This overzealous. Well, he is wrong. He is wrong. Any hoodles. The um, next. Yeah, wait. Then Okay. So any hoodles indeed. Because here was the, the biggest yeah. like, oh shit. Was. So we have all those visions and then Maureen is like, got anything for me. Yeah. And, uh huh. So she said, and I had to go back. I had to go listen to exactly what she said, right? She, because words matter. Can I take a stab at this before you say anything? Because I want to feel do. like I I got this. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Or you're not. There, you're not. Hit it. She doesn't say Swan Sanche. She says I see the Amerlin seat in full regalia, and she will be yep. your downfall. Yeah. I totally think that Swan Sanche is about to get overthrown. I'm like, do you mean you saw Leandrin? Like, that's what it sounds like to me. That's what Dude, they, that's, like, yeah. yeah. I And and to be clear, I don't know. I wouldn't be, if I knew the answer to that, I wouldn't be saying it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I think that that's what that means. Because I was freaking out. I was like, how is Swan going to betray Moraine? That's so fucked up. Like, and I'm racking my brain for how, from a book yeah. perspective, that could be. Right. It took and me I'm a like, good five minutes to figure that out. I was like, oh, wait, she never actually said Swan Sanche. No, I had to go back. She says the Amerlin seat. And she only knows that, I think, because of the full regalia, which the she regalia. specifies. Yeah. Right. She's not saying like a specific person. She's just like knows that's the position. So, well, I mean, it could the... be Swan, but I fucking hope not. It's, I mean, it sounds like it's going to be Leandrin. I don't think it will be. Yeah, I think it would be someone else. And um, that tracks, right? That Leandrin could be Moraine's downfall. That's my theory about this. Agreed. I, I fully agree. Um, yeah. And wouldn't she know, because doesn't the Amelin seat wear that like thing around her neck that's supposed to be like every yes. Aja? Yeah, the the um, rainbow striped stole. 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 It's like that's a scarf, but in the show it was like a big, like her collar. Collar like, thing. Stick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I think that that's what that was, calling it now, um, which is very um, cool. I'm fully behind this. Kind of freaked out. I actually posted that to Twitter like right before the episode because I just put that together before we started recording. So we'll see what people think did about I that. Something before you did. Oh my god, I'm getting better at this. 
I if I'm impressed because that took me a second. I was like, well, it's how still- is it Swan? What do you mean Swan? That's not okay. That's not okay. That's not okay. And I went back and listened to it. I'm like, oh. And so this is what one of the best things about the books are the unreliable narrators because everyone has their POV chapters, right? right. Like in Game of yeah. Thrones. And I love that they're doing that here. It's like, we don't, like, Min doesn't know Swan Sanchez personally. <laughs> like, yeah, she's she not, wouldn't know who she's that saying is. That, so it could be Swan, but we just know that it's an Omerlin seat. Yeah. And so the unreliable narrator is great, as evidenced also by Moraine's lack of knowing what the fuck. But well, um, yeah. and then the last thing we get Min and Rand together alone, which yay. And yeah, yeah. Like, I love that Rand just goes in there having a mini panic attack like like this again. This is the Rand I know, like right on the verge of a nervous breakdown. Yeah. Well, OK. So here's my only question about this because he wasn't at the ta- he wasn't at the bar with her. So how did he know that she has these visions? So they all were at the bar because remember when Min did the visions, like the initial viewing, she was looking at them. They just weren't sitting there with Min. But right, but she was only telling after, Moraine about them. Right. So after that, there is a scene where they're all with Moraine and they're like yelling at her to tell the truth. And they're like, who was that woman you were talking to? And Moraine's like, someone I knew since she was little. And they're like, stop fucking with us. Like, who was she? What are you, what are we doing? And she says, oh she's yeah, she's, who... she sees weaves of the pattern. That's right. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So they kind of, yeah, they kind of explain it or she sees, she sees visions of the future of what will be whatever she says. So Rand knows that and he saw her. So they did, they, they like put that together. So that's how he knew to go to her. And she says that when she was a girl, her first prophecy was seeing Tam with baby Rand and uh, coming yeah. out of the blood snow, right? Which just, we got blood Seriously, snow, you guys, so on television, I swear to God. And Jeez. she says, and that baby was something impossible, right? Which means that she could see how strongly connected he is to the pattern. Right. Um and the fact that he's the dragon, basically. I don't know that she would have known that's the dragon reborn, but just that it's impossible to be this. Yeah, that's this strong. This thick that of age. a thread in the pattern, let's say. Yeah. Right. Like, the, I mean, really, at this point, he's the thickest. Yeah. He's Damn, the most Rand, important. you thick. <laughs> and, uh, and then she says, he says, and what do you see around me now? And she says, rainbows and carnivals and three beautiful women. Oh, and is that what she said? I didn't see, I didn't hear that part. That's what she said. And when she said it the first time that I watched, I laughed my ass off. I was like, oh, honey, that's not your life. And then when I watched it again and thought again about, you know. What she's actually saying. Thought harder. Yeah. Yeah. We, everything Min says is important. Let's just. That's yeah, that's what I'll say about that. I was really fucking stoked about that one. Um, rainbows and carnivals and three beautiful women. And I think we should listen to everything that Min says. And then he asks her, Do you see the eye of the world? And she says, I wish I didn't. And he says, What does that mean? Yeah, and she doesn't really answer. And yeah. he says, Do you see me coming back? And she doesn't answer. She doesn't give a direct answer, and Rand just says, I didn't think so. Yeah. So we don't really have an answer for Min on that one. And I'm like, your guy's plan is ridiculous. <laughs> like what? Like, 
I thought the whole thing was that like when they go to the eye, only the dragon reborn will return. Not like, oh. and re- so again, unreliable narrator. Rand is like, no, I knew I was going to die tomorrow. And I'm like, yeah, honey, there's only 14 more books and you're the dragon reborn, but you're totally going to die tomorrow. Like, I'm like, what do they think is going on? Like the, and it's, and it's in the story too. Cause they know about the last battle. This is what keeps blowing my mind. Yeah, they the keep prophecy talking of about the it. last battle. The prophecy of the last battle is the in world version of us knowing that this is a 14 book series. Right. Yeah, they know they they, can't just, like, go there and it'd be done and over with. Yeah, or that, like, they're all cast for season two. Like, it's, you know what I mean? Like, that's the in-world equivalent of that is, like, the knowledge of the prophecy of the last battle. I'm like, you guys, this is insane. Yeah, well, and it's, a lot of it is people just picking and choosing the things that they remember or the things that they comment on from this prophecy. They're not, like, it's when it, like, suits their argument that they're bringing it up. And we still haven't heard much of the prophecies. We actually haven't yeah. heard any of the prophecies. We only know how old the dragon is supposed to be and that they will be reborn and that they will either save the world or destroy it. That's all yeah. we know. And that's kind of wild too. Like they're really flying blind right now. It's Moraine just yeah, has no, no idea anywhere. what she's doing. And she's like, let's yeah. just go into the blight. Like, that's fine. We'll just go on foot into the blight. And there's Can skeletons make... like immediately. Dude, that was sick. <laughs> that was so fucking cool. I love yeah. that. Um, because we're at the end of the uh, Wheel of Time episode. Can I make a prediction about how the first season ends? I think now is the most appropriate time to make it a, a prediction uh, for how it ends. I think so, too. Um, because I, you guys don't, obviously, it would be creepy if you did, but you guys don't know this, but every single time that we are watching this show, let me rephrase that. Every single time that I am watching this show and Lindsay is living vicariously through me and the texts that I send her while I'm watching this, I ask at least three times, where the fuck are my forsaken? Yeah, I was really sad for you this week. I was sorry I couldn't deliver for you. Dude, I just, it, so that, this is my prediction. The, the season one is going to end. With them getting to uh, the Dark One's doorbell. And they're going to try to ding-dong ditch him. And instead, they're going to accidentally open the door. And my Forsaken are going to come out. And that's that's how it's going to end. Is the seal cracking enough for at least one or two of the Forsaken? Because again, you keep talking about... Um, there's what, there's 15 of them. There's 13 in the book. 13 of them. I don't think there's no way that they could do 13. There were like nine statues in. There were eight statues. Yeah. That's so I think we can say show canon. There are eight forsaken as of now that we're aware of. Okay. I think it's going to show the forsaken being freed. Like they're going to try and fight the gate or like fight the lock or whatever. And then they're going to be like, we got to get out of here. Like this isn't, you know, something is wrong or we're ill prepared or whatever. And they leave. And the show, the final shot of the show is going to be the gate breaking open. Not entirely, but it's going to have the forsaken stepping out. Kind of like when the death eater stepped out of the vanishing cabinet in, uh, half blood prince. Oh God. What a horrible moment. It was a horrible moment. I hate that movie so. <laughs> God damn it! Much. Why didn't anyone being... listen to Harry except for all the times that Harry was wrong? I anyway. Yeah, that's one time he's right. <laughs> yeah, they had every 
reason not to look scary. Oh, what a tragedy. But that's, but, that's what I think is going to happen. I think that they're going to be ill-prepared. They're going to acknowledge that they're ill-prepared. They're going to seize on the opportunity to both survive and get away from the doorbell. But they're not going to realize what they've done. I see. Okay, so they're not going to realize. You think that they let the Forsaken out, but they're yeah. and they're going to like fail to because I guess their plan is to like try to go in there to destroy the Dark One. It's yeah. it's, it's insane. That's the I thing. Know, like, what I, what is think... the plan? What what are you going to do when you get there? What are you going to fucking stab him with your dad's sword? I mean, well, here, right, exactly. He hasn't even he doesn't even know how to use the fucking sword. I did yeah. enjoy as a quick side note um, that he was only able to shoot the bullseye once he was like. A, probably embracing Pissed the source, and, and B, yeah. no, at peace, like had decided to go alone. Yeah. That when he was like, all right, and I'm going to, and I'm going to take responsibility for this shit. I'm going to go tell Maureen that I know it's me. I'm not going to. Well, no, that's what I mean. Like he was pissed and focused now. Yeah. I, oh, I liked it though. Yeah, that was cool. And he probably was embracing the source is what I like to think yeah. when he was able to hit the bullseye. That'd be fair. But. Yeah, I don't know what the plan is. The plan is like really, really poorly explained. I'm deeply unclear about it. So, I mean, I guess they, so, okay, the, here's the problem with the plan. The plan is based on Swan having had visions of the eye of the world and the dark one and saying, if we strike him there now, we can beat him. We can beat him and like avoid the last battle, right? Yeah. But that's, that's not the what the plan. prophecy says. That's not at all what the prophecy says. And um, that's the that's the whole plan. Like, that's not a plan. That's like a that's a nightmare that Swan had is what that is. And so I think that since Swan has obviously been set up, there's no way this is not a trap like the right. Oh, yeah. Hundred percent. This is definitely the forsaken, the dark one in the dreams, the trying to bring them there to let them out to let his forsaken out yeah that i think i actually think that makes sense and like i say all of this is going to be like i don't know i don't know i don't know (laughs) so (laughs) i barely understood what happened in the eye of the world like i'm like it could have been exactly that i couldn't tell you (laughs) so that's what i keep noticing on twitter too is like people keep talking about they're like dude if anybody else remembers what actually happened at the end of the first book could someone message me please and i'm like what the fuck is the end of this book it's hopefully going to be a lot more straightforward i think is what it's going to be it's i I think next week's going to be great um and yeah i think those are good predictions i agree i will I'll keep my predictions as enormously high level as possible here and dive into them at length in dark friend social. So book readers catch me over there later this week. But um, my very, very high level prediction is that we will see fire eyes himself. Yay. And, and, and that we will see Rand do cooler than Nynaeve. Let's say. That's what I think we're going to see. I think we're going to see Rand be fucking, like, show us what it means to be the Dragon Reborn. That's what I think we're going to see next week. Yeah. I mean, it has to end on, like, some wild-ass shit, right? Like, because we're not getting this for another year. God help me. Yeah, it should be pretty insane. And here's why I really believe it will be insane as we start to kind of take ourselves out of here. The finale for The Wheel of Time airs on Christmas Eve, guys. Yep. Next Friday, which for a show which has every latitude and choice in the world on when it airs 
and what its schedule is. The choice to air the finale of this on Christmas Eve. And I, I recognize that most of us are going to get it on the 23rd in the States. Well, but yeah. technically, this comes out on Christmas Eve. That is a flex. I think this is going to be excellent. I agree. <clears throat> and we haven't really discussed it yet, but I think we're going to try and put that episode out on Friday for you guys for Christmas Eve. We have not discussed this, and uh, you're should. the one with a whole family shenanigan going on, so you tell me. We'll talk about it after. I mean, I'm like, yeah. that that could easily work. Um, yeah. I have to work it around my roast beast. But <gasps> yes. Oh. <laughs> By the way, uh, I got Lindsay's Christmas present in the mail, and her cookies are bomb.com. Were they good? They're so fucking good. Did they get squished um, and fucked up? No, they're totally fine. Okay. A, like everything in it is there's totally fine. Um but more importantly, she got me one of the dopest pops I've ever fucking owned. If you guys want to know what he looks like, it's Mr. Toad, but it's the 65th anniversary of Disneyland Mr. Toad. And he has the spinny eyes. He has the goofy crazy mania eyes. And if you want to see what he looks like, he's on my Instagram. You can find it at Hoodat Venom on Instagram. Um but yeah, I'm speaking of Christmas, Lindsay, what are, what do we got coming out next week? That's a great question. That's a question for someone who already has the calendar open. That person is not me. However, Uh-oh. I can confirm that we're going to have the Christmas episode <laughs> out this week in which we're going to talk about four different versions of a Christmas carol. So we're super excited. That's going to be really fun. Um, Yep. Including kind of low key the book, which I reread yesterday. So that'll be in there. Um, oh, I should have done that. Damn it. It's only 100 pages, but also we're going to record that tonight. So whoopsie. Yep. Um, it's all right. But yeah, we're going to have the Christmas episode out, you know, sometime early next week. We will have the Dark Friend Social out sometime in the middle of next week before the finale for the Wheel of Time. And we'll have the Wheel of Time finale out TBD around the holiday since it does come out Christmas Eve. So TBD on when the wheel of time episode is going to come out, but um, look out for all of that. And then we're going to have a Hawkeye recap at the end of all this business. So look out for that too. And we'll be resuming season two of this podcast and the timeline stuff in the new year. We'll also have the Dalmatian extravaganza because we have not (laughs) forgotten about that request. It's just been kind of wild. I mean, Book of Boba Fett's coming out. So stick with us and make sure that you follow us for updates on what's going on. And you guys can check out our website too. That'll have information on the upcoming episodes as well as what's upcoming in the timeline as we get there. Mm -hmm. So the link to that is in all of our socials and you can find us at go behind the timeline at Instagram behind timeline at Twitter Go behind the timeline at gmail.com. And we also have a new Reddit, the link to which will be in the episode description along with all the rest of that. So check us out wherever. Subscribe, leave us a like, leave us a rating. Oh, all of the algorithm things. Um Lindsay, I cannot believe you forgot to Spider-Man! Jesus Christ! Dude. Where is my, well, you know what? I'm thinking about Christmas. I'm thinking know, about Christmas fine. time, but you're correct. The Spider-Man primer is out now. Make sure you listen to that for info on Spider-Man leading up to Spider-Man. No way home 
that will be out no later than Monday. We'll have our review out. We see it tomorrow. Yep. Oh my God. I'm so fucking excited. Dude, Dude this I week is, oh this. my God. I'm so glad I only work two next week. Yo, I can't even tell you. I have a whiteboard full of stuff I still have to watch. Like it's out Dude, of control. There's so you're much. So behind. I, can't, I can't wait. I know it's obscene. It's like, anyway, we'll see you guys for the Christmas carols coming up and then for Spider-Man and just try to try to contain your eternal hype. Stay nerdy. And we will see you guys very soon. See you guys.